When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Teardown after a two-week break. My name is Jeff Gluck. I'm along with my coworker, Jordan Bianchi, and we are back after the Olympics, um, NASCAR and IndyCar back in action. Jordan, oh my goodness. I, I missed talking I missed to you, Jordan. You, buddy. I you missed did? you. Yeah. Yeah. How do you I, feel? I mean, like, I felt like this break was, it was nice. I mean, it's weird to have a two week break in the middle of the summer because we've covered motorsports for a while now, but I gotta be honest. It was like kind of, I don't know if last weekend or just kind of just start to feel like I'm ready to be back. It was, it was a little too long if that felt like, right. Yeah, it was, it was a, I thought it was a great break. I mean, you know, you, you go hard to start the season. Uh, you know, everybody always talks about how it's just sort of a grind and a marathon of a year. And now to come back, not quite at the playoffs, but you know, four races before, and then IndyCar starting to wind down at season two. Um, you know, everybody rejuvenated, you know, everybody got to be refreshed. Uh, you know, you, you, you obviously were watching the race today and you're like, wow, I missed racing. I'm really glad it's yeah. back. You know, normally this time of year, I think August, you're like, you know, there can be some of those races where you're just like, oh man, ugh, like another, another one. But, um, no, I thought this was great. It, it turned out to be great timing. And, uh, I certainly, um, was happy for the break, but also happy to see racing again. And, uh, man, I, I tell you what, um, well, I was going to say two, two great races today. Uh, one, one good race and one really weird race that turned out to be pretty decent, I guess at the end, but, um, good. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about NASCAR first and we'll talk about IndyCar. Um, I, I was watching this Watkins Glen race, Jordan, and I was like, man, you know, it, you know, it had been two years since we'd seen this, uh, a Glen race and we've seen so many road courses in the meantime, right. That you sort of forget like how the traditional NASCAR road courses looked in a way. I mean, you, we saw Sonoma earlier this year after, um, skipping it last year. And I was like reminded today why Watkins Glen is such a good road course for stock cars. Like the way the turns flow, like there's not these sort of pinch points like at, like at a Coda or something like that, or like this, these street courses, like we saw today yeah. on a narrow street course, um, for IndyCar. But you know, it, it just allows stock cars to race on a road course, but yet show off their strengths by keeping up the, their momentum. Yeah. And more it, speed. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just, I just like, man, this is, you forget what a great road course Watkins Glen really is. It really is. And a historic track, I mean, you go back, Formula One used to race there. It's been around since the 50s. It's one of those historic tracks that kind of gets overlooked in a lot of ways. It's great. And you saw it today in another great race, entertaining race where guys who have fast cars are able to make passes. You know, just because you get stuck in traffic doesn't mean you can't do anything. 
I like Watkins Glen. I to echo your point. It, it gives you an appreciation for it. And we didn't have it last year and going back there and how this is a much different track than even a road America, which is, you know, road America is it's bigger. Cars got spread out a little bit. Good race, but this is just different. It, this is, this is what stock car racing on a road course is. And really you think about it. This is what, this is the reason why there are so many road courses. We've had so many epic races at Watkins Glen over the years, you know, Keselowski, Kyle Busch, Marcus Ambrose. We've seen that finish countless times but just over and over again this is really why it's not some sonoma to some degree but really it's watkins Glen why we have so many road courses now i i totally agree with you i was thinking the same thing during this like you know that even though the race uh chase elliott won for his first cup win i mean that was a really aside from him winning and getting people excited about that that was a really really great race that yeah. day like from start to finish and I was saying the same thing today, like, oh, this is this is what led NASCAR to go. We need more oh, yeah. road courses, like, and everybody at the time, like, this is that was really great stuff. So, um, yeah, I I I I thought today's race was was really good. Um, you know, you had times where you know you had three leaders in the picture or three cars battling for the lead, uh, just right together, packed together, and trying to make moves. You had um, drivers put in really difficult situations. You know, it was mm-hmm. uh, they were driving up to the limit. Um, yeah. sometimes and, over the limit. If you ask yeah. Kyle Larson, he, you know, he apologized for the contact with Christopher Bell today. It, it was the, it was, it was perfect blend of, of hard racing of old school, uh, road, road course racing, but kind of that new NASCAR flavor too, where guys are, you know, throwing fenders a little bit at each other. It was, it was a great race. It really was. It, it went by quick too. So I, I gotta be honest. I, I really did think that, um, Kyle Larson was going to win the race today. Um, however, I made a mistake in that, I, I had counted out Chase Elliott once he had to go to the back because I thought, you know, I, I've seen him go to the back before, but going to the back on a road course, um, I just thought there's there's so much traffic to have to get through. There's sure. so many other people that can screw up your day. It's going to throw him off on strategy, um, and he won't be able to get back up there. Now, he did get back up there, and if he hadn't flat-spotted his tires, he would have <laughs> won the race. I mean, really. Yeah. Like, Kyle Larson is very fortunate that Chase Elliott made a mistake there because uh, Chase Elliott you know, only lost by a couple seconds. And if he hadn't had to make that extra pit stop, who knows how much he would have won by, in my opinion. So that was really going to be another Chase Elliott road race win, probably. But uh, Kyle Larson wins it instead. He did. And I got to be honest, I was watching the finish that thing. And if Kyle Larson gets this, I cannot wait to mention what we talked about in this podcast a few weeks ago, where I said Chase Elliott's going to end up with more wins than Kyle Larson this year. (laughs) You know, I'm so glad you brought that up, Jordan. Cause I was trying to think of the time I didn't, I didn't message you about it. You can attest to this. I didn't, I didn't, I, I thought about right after the race going. So, so Jordan, how's that chase Elliott double oh, digit? Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Chase won three or five races last year. Plenty of time. Again, you just said it. What is should have, could I know, you know, if it, what is it? If in butts or I don't know, school, whatever, you know, the saying is, Listen, he was in contention again. It, he's he's got a fast enough car to win just about every single week. A lot of season laughs. We'll see what happens. Jordan, Jordan, Chase Elliott has two wins this year. I There's only that. 13 wins, 13 races left. You're saying that Chase Elliott's going to win eight out of the next 13 races to get he's to double gotta, digit wins? I just said he has to beat Kyle Larson. Wasn't that no? The, you the, said he's. We that was part of our bet. But you said he's going to get I double digit wins. He said double digit wins. Said, I think I said he was going to Kevin Harvick S season. I think that was like eight, oh, nine wins. No. Yes. That's, I didn't say said double digit wins. I've always contended because oh. I have said this multiple times. Chase Elliott was going to have a Kevin Harvick S season where he wins seven, eight, nine 
races a year. Ten. <laughs> no, did not say ten. I'm sure I didn't say ten, and it was going to lead a bunch of laughs. We got a lot of season left. Either way, in our bet and in our bet that we have going, I believe Kyle Larson now has is it a one to zero victory yeah. in yeah. our in our personal uh, mm-hmm. bet here. So, and on a road course at that, so big blow to your. A lot, a lot of season. potential here. A lot so. of season. In the next week, we'll see what happens. It, I think it is it worth pointing out, though, that we've had, what, five road course races this year. Hendricks won four of them now. Um, if Kyle Larson doesn't spin out at Daytona, he maybe wins that race. Chase Elliott in that Daytona race led the most laps, got shuffled back there at the end. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to, to figure out what that means in the grand scheme of things because you look at the playoff schedule, you've only got one road course race, and that's the Roll Bowl. We know how Chase is good there. Um, so I, I don't know what that means, but I just do find it interesting that Hendrick's road racing program is, is – I think it's fair to say it's well above everyone else, and it's not close right now. Do you think Christopher Bell would have had a shot to win today, or would he have been about the, about the same speed as Truex and the Hendrick guys would have passed him anyway? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he was fast. He was running well. He's running second, but Truex looked really strong there too, and Truex kind of faded there at the end. So, you can't say because we don't know. But Chase, I thought was better than Chase was. I think Chase had the fastest car today. That's clear. And so he was better than the twenties, better than the nineteen. I think if Bell doesn't get spun out, I still he probably finishes somewhere in the top five. But I don't know if he's in contention to win because we just don't know if you've been able to keep up with a nine and the five. And, and he, I will say this too, at that end there, he looked, Larson looked faster than bell and he was trying to set him up to take a pass multiple times. He couldn't do it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I still think that, you know, Larson or Elliot would have won and you maybe would have had Christopher bell in third. Although bell did win the Daytona road course and finished second, um, recently at another road course, road America. So, uh, to Elliot, right. Yep, Elliot. Now you mentioned that, that that's a pretty good track record for Christopher Bell in road course races. Yeah, a win in two seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, um, you know, I, I don't really think it's a surprise to see Larson back in victory lane. Uh, he did snap a five race winless streak, but I don't really think that we were ever super concerned about that, were we? Or or if we go back on the podcast, like I will be, to find your double digit Chase Elliott wins comment, will we find evidence of us being overly concerned about Larson. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't say I was concerned because I don't, I mean, he was still running well, but it wasn't so much the wins. I mean, I don't expect him to win you know, in a once a month, but it was, it was the fact he wasn't leading a bunch of laps. You know, it, that, that performance had, had fallen off. And if you look at what they were doing compared to what they were doing, you know, what they were doing during this amazing streak compared to what they were doing over the last five races before Watkins Glen. Yeah. I think it's fair to say that there'd been a little bit of a drop off there because since he blew a tire, on the last lap at Pocono, the race he was going to win, he hasn't led. I mean, he really hasn't led many laps. He hasn't really been in contention to win. He finished second the next day at Pocono, but that wasn't, he wasn't in the mix at all. That was a strategy deal. So, I mean, we, when you look at the Indy road course, which is coming up this week, I mean, is it just, to me, it's like, which, which Hendrick or Gibbs driver is going to win? Because in the span of a week, I don't think you're going to see too much. Yeah, I know it's a completely different type of road course. I totally acknowledge that. But, you know, I, I don't think, you know, if somebody's road racing program overall, I, I have a hard time believing somebody else is just going to pop right up there. Even if it's like a, a Tyler Reddick or a Chase Briscoe, who I know you're probably going to, yeah, see, you're, <laughs> I see you nodding. I'd beat you to it. No, you're going to go ahead and make fun of me. Go ahead. 
I just I don't think it. the I don't think a, a Tyler Reddick or a Chase Briscoe or somebody like that is going to be able to go out and just win on a road course. They can have, again, they can have a good run, but to go out and win on a road course like that uh, when their their programs haven't proven that out yet, you know, again, I I my imagination as always has a hard time being stretched. But we've seen cases certainly where that where I'm wrong. But um, I don't know. Make your make your case. Chase Briscoe this year, three top 10 finishes. They have come in the road course races. And this is a track where if you're looking at experience, he has it. A lot of these guys in this race on the race next Sunday will not have it. He won this race a year ago. That means something. And he's good. And so, yeah, I mean, are there cars as good as the Hendrick or Gibbs cars right now at Shootout House Racing? No. But you never know what can happen. And I think he's at least going to make – I think if you're looking for a guy to be in the mix, a flyer – I think you can't look any further than him. No, I, I, I could totally see that. I mean, if you're going to look at, especially like when we talk about betting or throwing like a couple bucks down as we do our, our race previews sometimes, um, you know, that would be a very good candidate to at least get a top three maybe and see if you could make a couple bucks off that. If you guys are looking for something along those lines. But, um, again, I, and he knows he's going to have to win that race to go yeah. to make the playoffs. I mean, in all likelihood, that's his, that's his shot. So they're going to put a lot into it. I just don't know how realistic it is, but go yeah. ahead. And what we'll say this, the one thing too, that maybe can help him a little bit is the fact that there is going to be practice in qualifying. So you can figure out your car, you get an understanding of it. And because of the way the, the performance metric is most weeks, they're not always starting up near the front. But now if they get a good starting position, that, that could help them out a little bit so they're not in scramble mode. I, I got to differ. I, I think practice and qualifying is going to hurt him because it completely negates the advantage that you just talked about. You're saying, hey, this this guy's run on this course. These other guys haven't. They're going to show up, and they're going to get a chance to practice and figure this thing out. It doesn't take these veteran guys very long. Um, I would think that's a, a negative in his column. You know, Sure. I could I could make that case as well. I see what you're saying. I think having the experience of over a race of what tire fallout is going to be, what the cars are going to be like. And obviously, obviously, we know Xfinity to Cup is much different. There is some knowledge base there that you, you really are going to have a hard time getting until you get into race conditions. But again, like you said, though, we're probably I'm probably underselling the fact that a lot of these guys are very talented veterans and they know how to get up to speed pretty quickly. I mean, you look at the dirt race this year and it was Logano and it was Martin Trix Jr. and Daniel Suarez and Denny Hamlin running well and dirt guys were, you know, they, they had their moments. But at the end of the day, it was a non-dirt guy winning. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. Larson uh, was able to come up, and now he's tied with Denny Hamlin for the regular season points lead, although he has the tiebreaker, so he really has it. But three races to go. Um, this has been a really int- intriguing battle because going into that Pocono weekend in June, we were like, all right, this is the time where, you know, Larson's been so red hot. Um, I believe it was coming off of Nashville, and it was like, okay, he's, he's about to take over the points lead. It's just a matter of time. And it's been one, two, three, four, five, six races now. And he still doesn't have it outright. And now there's only three races left. Hamlin told reporters after the race he is really enjoying this battle because it keeps him sharp where he could have just been cruising. I'm sure he would rather just win it outright and not have to worry about that and be able to cruise in some ways. But um, he told reporters that uh, he's having to treat it like a playoff race. So... um, you know, I, I, I can appreciate that perspective. I still feel like Larson's going to end up winning it. Wouldn't you? I would think so, but 
Daytona is the unknown. I mean, if it's, a, you know, Larson has said this himself. He said that post-race, if this is tight going into Daytona, Denny Hamlin is really darn good in Daytona races. You know, Kyle Larson's not won on a super speedway race before. Now, he didn't win on a road course before this year either. We know what that means. But, you know, I, he he's going to want to have a little bit of a points cushion built up in Daytona. To me, this means more to Hamlin. Like, because he doesn't have those wins this year. He's going to, I mean, Larson winning today basically kind of locks Hamlin in now. Um, the only way Denny Hamlin doesn't make the playoffs now is you'd have to have three straight guys outside of the cutoff uh, of winning races, and then he would not have to finish as the regular season points champion. That's a lot to happen. That's not going to happen. But the 15 points that you get for winning the regular season, you're Denny Hamlin. You haven't won a race all year. That's three. You know, those are basically the equivalent of, what, three wins? That's a lot. And he's good enough to win at any given week at any given track. That That's fine. But you all know we know this. I mean, you're going to have a round where things just happen. Something bad happens, and you need that safety net. You need that mulligan. And those 15 points offer a pretty nice little safety cushion. So this is really important for him. And I thought he, I thought his comments about how Larson's had to, you know, kept him sharp and keep him on his toes and that kind of thing, I think there's a lot of truth in that. And I think the fact that he doesn't have a win this year also – increases the motivation to, to do well and to win the regular season, which is something we have not seen in this format before, because ever since NASCAR went to this in what, 2017, the regular season title has been pretty well decided well in advance. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it is a great point about Daytona in particular and Hamlin there. Um, I mean, of all tracks, if you're, if you're Denny, um, where you go, man, I could really pick up, I could, I could pick up 30 points here if I needed to potentially, like if Larson gets in a wreck and mm-hmm. Hamlin manages a Daytona, a race how he's used to doing it um now that said denny hamlin's had some like talladega playoff races where he all he has to do is score maximum points and he ends up dropping back and gets lapped or things happen or something well, so, roof latch. remember the roof flap the the escape hatch that, that's right yeah <laughs> it's just like weird things happen i mean it, it, they do yeah but like but like i'm i'm agreeing with you in that like and and kyle larson agreeing with him as well that um, the Daytona factor is, is definitely out there. So I guess if you're Larson, um, you want to, you know, get as much of a, a cushion as you can, if possible, uh, the next two weeks at Indianapolis road course and then Michigan, um, and then see where that leaves you at Daytona. But I, I'm very much looking forward to talking about this at Daytona because, you know, the, the way the points have been shaping up, it's like, okay, you've got like the Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon battle, if that's what holds, you know, for the final playoff spot. Um, I think it's what it what was it 15, 15 points or something? now. Yeah. It went yeah up, it, 15. Uh, Reddick picked up 10 points. Yeah. That, so that was big for Tyler Reddick today. So, you know, so they'll, you'll have that, you'll have that to talk about. Then you'll have the storyline of somebody outside, um, you know, w- winning their way in at the last second kind of thing. But I think that just that regular season champion storyline is at least another something else, another talking point to get people interested in that race or at a subplot that, you might not have otherwise. So I'm fine with that. The more storylines, the better. Now it's not a huge deal. You know what I mean? But like, like you said, especially with Hamlin being winless, um, I, I, I definitely think it could, could play a huge role for him. Like he needs those, those five extra points versus finishing second. So. Um, yeah. And it's, we said this before, I'll say it again. It is crazy that we're at this point of the year and not just Denny Hamlin, but Kevin Harvard, the guys who dominated last year and, and seemed to win just about every week do not have a win and they're not even locked in the playoffs technically. Yeah, no, Harvick's only 90, whatever up now, right over to, yeah. and he finished eighth today, I think. But, um, 
you know, I, you're not going to have a super crazy scenario where he gets knocked out where two different winners or something like that. But, um, I don't know. It's the, the fact that he's not in a more secure position, I guess is, is what you would, what, what catches your attention there. And he obviously, you know, in my view, I know you were on the Harvick, uh, bandwagon recently, but I still don't think he's that close to, uh, another to top winning. 10 today. Another top 10. What does that get you? I mean, yeah, keep knocking them out. They keep grinding out top 10 finishes. I'm just saying, well, that doesn't, it doesn't seem to be getting too close to a win. Um, anyway, so uh, all I gotta do is get to the final eight to win my bet. Yeah, is that is that what that bet was? I can't it remember. Bet. We have so many bets. We need to so start keeping track on. of these things. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, one person's keeping track of uh, bets, and that's Big Joe Wall seventy two, who's keeping track now that I've taken a thirteen to ten uh, lead in the was it a good race poll because New Hampshire. We both thought it was destined for the 90% club. We thought it was the best race of the year after we thought Atlanta was the best race of the year. And then the voters did not agree with us. Um, it ended up in the eighties. You guessed too high, I guess slightly too high. And I pick up another win. So now you're down three points. I'm pretty close to clinching the regular season title here, Jordan. Um, but I'll, I'll go first on this Watkins Glen one. Uh, you know, I think despite us both saying that it was a good race and how much we enjoyed uh, the battles that we saw, I also think it was a nice short race that we didn't talk about. Uh, I, I really liked yeah, that. Yeah, by. Um, you know, it was, you, I feel like it, it gave me enough as a viewer, but didn't overstay its welcome. Two hours, 11 minutes, shortest points race of the year. Um, but anyway, I, I think that some people I, I saw on Twitter saying uh, that they did not like it. Uh, maybe it was the, the players involved or... Um, that Chase Elliott couldn't get up there or something, or there was too big of a lead at times predictable that Larson won. I'm not sure exactly what their objection was. Maybe they just don't like road courses, but I think that's going to hamper it a bit. So I think that's going to maybe bring it to the lower eighties. I'm going to go ahead and say an uh, 81% on this poll. What do you say? I have no idea. Uh, for the last two weeks, I've done a lot of self-reflecting, a lot of trying to figure out what the hell people, I, I don't know what people want. I like, we've had good racing and people keep saying it's not good racing. And I, I, at the end of the day, I just, apparently I'm too much of an optimist, which is something that no one has ever accused me of being before. So. <laughs> Seriously. You went from uh, NASCAR's grumpy uncle to Overly <laughs> optimistic about the races. Apparently, I, apparently, I, apparently, I don't know what good racing. I, I don't. I, I don't know. Like, was this the most memorable Watkins Glen race? No. Did it have the most exciting finish? I mean, it, it was interesting. I, so, I don't know. I'm just gonna throw out 75 percent, and I'm oh, gonna go going with low. Okay. Yeah. I, and I've also realized this. Um, this poll that we do every week, uh, that going high is not the best thing and that to probably win these things is probably the best to couch yourself and to, you know, kind of come in lower. I see. So you're taking my strategy now. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I've already, I already went lower on the guests <laughs> that I should have gone on. So now you're trying to go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Pretty, pretty so, soon we're just be picking them like in the tens, like I'm voting 16 <laughs> this week. <laughs> and then I, I go 17 and I just it's be the greatest NASCAR race ever. It's going to be like a photo finish. It's going to take like a week to figure out like Clint Boyer is going to like cross the uh, finish line on, on his roof on flames. We're going to be talking about this forever. 
And we're going to be like, oh, yeah, that was like a 30%, really. <laughs> well, if that's what it takes to uh, win, our, win the poll, I mean, I guess that's what we got to do. Uh, so anyway, an 81% for me, 75% for you. We will see how people vote. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jordan, it's time to talk about IndyCar. Um, oh, we boy. waited to record this podcast until after the IndyCar race. By the way, wow, what a... Uh, great deal of cross promotion uh done by nbc this week leading into yeah. next week's indycar nascar doubleheader they really tried to get the nascar fans to stay tuned and watch um i don't know if the if that's the the product they saw in the first half that indycar race the first Oof. two-thirds of it was what they intended but it was certainly uh you know quite a big push there <laughs> i mean it was it was like very noticeable that nbc was really trying to do do that they did. I don't remember NBC cutting away from a race, a NASCAR race, that quickly before to go to something where that race hadn't run long. I mean, we talked about this. This is the shortest cup race of the year. There was plenty of time for post-race, but this was a strategic decision uh, to get away from that and to get the focus on IndyCar. There, there's been a lot of push. They've talked about this. This has been the focus of NBC Sports' marketing platform all year is Nashville. NASCAR was returning to Nashville this year. IndyCar was returning to Nashville. We saw a lot of cross promotion for that. It, it's good. Um, I'm, I'm somebody who believes that um, all you know, high tide raises all ships, and I think that's the case in motorsports. And I think when you have this kind of kumbaya, we're all in this together mentality. I think it's a good thing. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, though, you have to be able to deliver a product. And while the the city of Nashville was excited about IndyCar by all accounts. Um, the enthusiasm and, you know, everybody was into this and they sold a lot of tickets at the end of the day. And, and I understand street courses are a different animal and you've got to have the food and the beer and the music and everything else. At the end of the day, you still need a good viable product on the racetrack. You still need something where the, the viewer at home says, this is something I want to continue watching. I don't think the first, I don't know what, 30, 40 laps of that race were something if you're a casual fan or you're a NASCAR fan you're going to say, I want to stick around for this. Cause that wasn't very good. Well, I, I guess I'll, I'll take somewhat of a contrarian approach. I don't think that like a street course to be successful. I don't think you have to have great racing because most street course racing races are not, that. but you got to have better than what that was though. You can't right. have, you have, to have, you have to have racing, at yeah. least racing, yeah. which that wasn't. Have- right. Guys piling in each other and red flags and water bills leaking. You've got to have some, you've got to have something. I mean, imagine you're, you know, you're not a race fan. You're in Nashville. You're like, hey, IndyCar's coming. They've shut down the streets. They've shut down the bridge. Like, there's a high degree of curiosity about this. Apparently, you know, it was what sold out 60,000 seats or whatever. Um, you know, everybody is talking about it downtown. You you try to get a position to see what's going on. Maybe you're standing on top of some building or something like that. Um, and, and you're trying to look and see the, the course. And for the first like hour of that race or something, it's pretty much all under caution. They're just kind of going around and you're like, all right, so 
when does this thing get going? Like, yeah. is this how the, all the races are? It's kind of weird. Like, I don't even understand what's going on. Um, cause I think street courses, the whole point is to bring it to a city center and mm-hmm. sell like sort of the non race fan party atmosphere on this. Now I'm sure they could sell a lot of beers and, and have sort of the casual fans not really into it under caution and they don't really care anyway, but you have to have them at least going around fast and zooming yeah. around and, and getting the crowd excited or something. I mean, NBC did a great job showing the crowd shots. I mean, the crowd was into it and they were watching for things. They wanted to be thrilled. And eventually, you know, you had that great battle with Colton Herta trying to chase down Marcus Erickson, who had gone airborne uh, early in the race and somehow ended up winning. Um especially after Colton Herta crashed trying to chase him late, but I don't, I'm not sure Colton Herta was going to get to him anyway. I mean, Marcus Erickson was driving a heck of a race, holding him off. I don't know how with the damaged car he was doing that, but the only way he was only chance Herta had was Erickson runs out of fuel and it just didn't seem like it was going to happen. And so, yeah, (laughs) I don't get it either. I don't remember a car going airborne before and then coming back and winning a race. No, I've never seen that. Never. Like I, I can't imagine. I like, I'm trying to rack my brain. Of course, I don't have the best memory, but like, of course you've seen cars, you know, wreck and win or spin mm-hmm. and win, but like full airborne crash. And then you win the race, especially in IndyCar, like where there's not like a lot of, you know, yeah. free, pa- you know, lucky dog kind of gimmicky type stuff to catch back up competition cautions or stages or now there was enough <laughs> cautions today that it almost worked that way. But um, yeah, just crazy. Like that was, I, I can't believe that happened honestly, but, um, Colton heard put on a show either way. Like the way the race unfolded, they kind of backed into like having a really exciting and then they, and then, okay. So like, how about all the IndyCar purists who always like, you know, get mad <laughs> about the idea of red flagging the Indy 500 to set up a finish or whatever. Uh-huh. They red flagged this race to set up a green, white checkered. Yeah. Like Didn't nobody cries over that. No, nobody was like, hey, what are they doing? This is not pure. They should have just let it run out. No, nobody. I, I didn't see that on Twitter at all. People were like, no. okay, they red flagged it. They're going to get a finish. I, yeah. Can, can I say something about IndyCar Pierce? Is it okay? Is it bad? Like, uh, you're, going, you're going to the IndyCar race next week. so. Yeah, I, here, here's my thing. I always I feel like there's a lot of hypocrisy with, with Pierce. And I think this probably applies across the board in motorsports. With IndyCar, it's always, uh, oh, we're the pure racing series we don't have gimmicks in our series like what are you talking about you've got gimmicks you've got push to pass you've got different tires you've got this and that it's like you've got all of the you've got different gimmicks they're not the same gimmicks as nascar double points championship double points championship double points indy 500 i mean it's it's like it's okay i'm not saying gimmicks are good or bad but i I just I, i i get i take exception with this this high and mighty attitude that they're that IndyCar, some IndyCar fans have. You see this in Formula One a little bit. There are some pockets of NASCAR fans that I think it's gotten better. Um, but just get this attitude, this pious attitude of, oh, well, no, this is how, this is what we, we're, we're better than everyone else because this is how we do it. It's like, no, just everybody offers something different and that's okay. So are, was that your rant? Are you doing no, that's the rant my rant, this week? Yeah, yeah that's that was great. my rant. Oh, thank you for letting me off the hook. I've been on a streak I have of nothing. rants. And- I thought about this all day today. I kid you not. I was texting with somebody about this. I'm like, what am I going to do to get Jeff ranting about? We were talking about doing the, the, uh, I don't NASCAR. believe you. I don't believe you. You always say you're texting with people about something I was going to say. You don't texting anybody about 
what I was going to rant about. You're tech, you're spending your time during the day yes. texting. What's Jeff going to rant about on the podcast today? I wonder. People, yeah. Okay. I have friends. I listen to this show. So yes, I mean, I, I know this is unusual. I do have friends and I do listen to this show and they love it when I get you riled up. So yes, I do text people. I'm sorry. I, I don't know why it's so hard for you to believe that I can actually like have a, you know, a life, but okay. Well, I, I don't have any friends that I would text that way during the race about our podcast or anything, but I don't know. Maybe I just need to get more friends. I, I don't know. Um, don't be married. Don't have kids. You'll be better shape. Well, I lock myself in a room away from the <laughs> <laughs> from the rest of the family during during race day. I got to focus. But um, anyway, like uh, like I said, you're going to be at the IndyCar uh, doubleheader next week uh, at IMS. No Brickyard 400. Weird. Um, that's yeah. going to be very odd. How do you feel about that? I don't know if we've ever actually talked about that. Where? How do you feel about NASCAR on the road course compared to the oval? It's fine, but I just hope they don't try to build it up into something more than it is because sure. it's not the Brickyard 400. It's not the same level of prestige at all. It's not a major. Like, don't try to sell me on that. Don't try to sell me that it's a crown jewel. You're racing in Indy. That means something. It's special. No, yeah, it's cool. It's fine. They're at Indy, but they're not on the oval, and that's yeah, all that matters, so, really. Uh, no, I mean, racing at Indy is special. Winning at, winning there any race is going to mean something. So, I mean, I can understand why somebody would maybe say that this has the same prestige as winning the Brickyard 400. I, I don't buy this for a second. You're just trying to get me going. I don't buy it. I'm trying so, so hard. It's all I have. It's like the last fate, like the last grasp I have to get Jeff to rant today. No, no. See, I, coming off vacation, I'm. I'm chill, man. I'm not fired up about anything, you know. Everything's I'm recharged, so yeah. Damn it. Um, but I'm going to be uh, in Knoxville, Iowa, for the Knoxville Nationals. That'll be fun. Check out, see if uh, Kyle Larson can finally win his first Knoxville Nationals. Um, that that should be interesting there. Sixtieth, the sixtieth yeah, Knoxville Nationals is going to be a big preordained. One. Like he almost has like the, the year of Kyle Larson. You know, he's won everything. He's been the big story. The rede- you know, I, I hate to use that word. I'm not going to use the word redemption because that's not fair. Um, but this, you know, coming back from suspension, it just, it just feels like it just seems like him winning Knoxville just kind of fits into this along the way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. But he hasn't I mean, he hasn't been winning as often in sprint cars. I mean, he still wins and, he just, you know, he can get in anything and win. But um, I don't think he's going in necessarily as like the favorite like he would have last year when they didn't have the Knoxville nationals and he won like sort of the replacement at Knoxville, but it wasn't the real Knoxville nationals. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see, see what happens with this week. Um, he runs Thursday night and, um, you, you have two nights to lock yourself in. You pick either Wednesday, Thursday, you enter one of those nights. If he doesn't lock himself in and would have to come back, um, Friday and then try to do the whole indie weekend on top of that, like, you know, run earlier on Saturday. I don't know how that, I haven't looked yet. I don't know how that works out with like the practice schedules that NASCAR's doing. Um, if he can like miss practice or, or whatever. So I, yeah, I, I don't know how it works yet. So, um, I, I think it kind of depends on how everything goes for him. It'll be, it'll be a really interesting week, but, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing hopefully a little bit more of the IndyCar NASCAR interaction, like mixed yeah. between the drivers. I don't know how much there will really be, but I imagine the IndyCar drivers in particular will, you know, stick around to watch the cup race, um, on Sunday and maybe they will be on the broadcast and things like that. 
Um, you know, I doubt, I don't know. I, I can't, maybe, maybe some of the cup guys will be around for the IndyCar race. They'll be around. I mean, there's going to be Saturday. practice on Saturday. Yeah. There's going to yeah. be practice in, uh, on Saturday. I mean, they're going to be there and they're going to be on the track. So you would think that they'd stick around at least, at least a handful of them would probably stick around and watch. Yeah. But I'm just saying like their presence in terms of like sure. crossing over or walking through each other's garages, or I don't know how it is with COVID protocols and things like that anyway, but um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I'd, I'd like to see a little bit of the mix because, you know, and, and I guess I wanted to make this point earlier um, when we were talking about um, the Glenn race re- leading right into Nashville, but you know, we we've complained so often that why, why are these, they schedule these at the same time against each other head to head or something like, why can't they get these races on the same page? So I love that they, intentionally really tried to get that NASCAR race squeezed in and then go right into IndyCar because I think there's something to appreciate, appreciate about all forms of motorsports and, you know, why not, you know, get everybody interested in both of them. So, um, the more you can have that crossover, I think that's great. Um, I'm all for that. And I think it helps everybody, including us, we cover both, you know what I mean? So like, I I think it's, I, I think there's stuff to love about, but at all forms of racing. So, I would agree with that, and I've got the Enzo race right now on, on you know, Road America uh, for, uh, on NBC Sports. So that's, and I think that is the, it's going to be when NBC Sports goes away, which is going to be soon. I think that's going to be lost a little bit because I don't know if you're going to be able to have that same crossover that you will. I know IndyCar is going to be still on the NBC family a little bit, but it, I, I don't know. I, I'm just curious to see what that transition is like and if it's easy to carry over from. The NASCAR race is on the USA network. And then, by the way, the IndyCar race is on the Peacock network or, you know, that kind of thing. It's going to I think that's a little tricky. I, I really do. And I think the Olympics and what we have seen with NBC, with NBC's coverage and how they've done things has kind of shown that there is a segment that it's it there that are still not comfortable or figuring out the whole streaming thing. And there's some issues there still. So it, there's going to be some hurdles to see how that uh, what happens. I'm just curious. Did, did you stream any of the Olympics? The the part that was on streaming, did you stream any I of it? I did. Uh, I did a few things. Most recently was the uh, gold medal wrestling match the other day because the, the heavyweight um, is from the University of Minnesota, and I've been following this career for a long time, and I used to wrestle and everything. So I got up. My alarm He wrestled at about – he was supposed to wrestle at 7.15 in the morning Eastern, so I set my alarm for 7.10. I literally got up, looked at my – grabbed my phone, and watched it on my phone. So I, I obviously, I mean, I know how to stream on other platforms and stuff, but with the Olympics, I, I didn't do, I didn't do it at all. Like it just seemed sort of, uh, I wasn't sure about all the different scheduling stuff about what Mm -hmm. was live, what wasn't, what was on Peacock, what was being shown on NBC. I just kind of figured out if it's important enough, you know, I'll probably catch it on, on Twitter or I'll catch some highlight or somebody will tweet about it. Um, and if it was big enough, they'd probably show it on you know, one of the main channels anyway, I didn't really go out looking for stuff as a result. I didn't really watch hardly any Olympics at all, to be honest with you. Um, probably a product of not really watching much TV anyway, these days. Cause, Cause you were on vacation though, too, though, for a chunk of that. Well, my TV here at home is either on minis, Botoons, or blippy most of the time. So that sounds miserable. Um, I don't really watch TV myself, but I, I can watch it on my phone or something or, or, you know, like, um, I'll stream it on my computer or something, but I just didn't really seek out the Olympics cause it just, I didn't really, yeah. so I, I can see that in the future. I think that would be a worry for motorsports of like, you know, even NBCSN, even though it's cable, 
you know, at least you're like, Hey, I know it's, it's channel. I can tune into this channel and I'm going to keep it on this channel. I'm going to watch this and it's going to roll right into this or whatever. But if, like you said, if it's in the future, like, okay, okay. You have to go to this streaming service to do, um, this race. And then you have to go to this, to this race and it doesn't flow as well. And people are just gonna be like, ah, I'm not that interested to, I don't, I don't want to make as much of an effort like to try to find it. Like I'll watch it if it's on, but if I have to really go seek it out, Mm-hmm. that that becomes a bigger problem. I, I found myself that way about the Olympics. So I could see because I'm casual about the Olympics, right? I'm sure. not like super into it. So anyway, I think that that's something to definitely watch out for in the future for motorsports. Of Unless you, you, the hardcore fans will find anything, mm-hmm. but the casual viewers and the people who are like, I could go either way on this, you know, that's, and that's people you need. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to lose that. And that's my, and I'm a streamer. I, I, I'm a YouTube TV subscriber. So I watch all my stuff on streaming. I, I do think that is part of the issue though, as we kind of gravitate towards this model is motorsports is different is you need eyeballs on your product because you've got to, you've got to show your sponsors, Hey, X number of people are watching this and this is a big thing. And I think it's fair to say, as you go to a streaming model, the numbers are not going to be as high as they are on network TV. The numbers bear that out. Now when a race is on network TV compared to cable, it's pretty striking the numbers. And I think that's going to be a concern for motorsports going forward is as you know, IndyCar is going to run what one race, their new TV package on, on the Peacock. And so when NASCAR does this in a few years, are they going to have a race or two on streaming? Is that something that they can go to their teams and the teams can go to their sponsors and sell them on? I'm curious to see how this all plays out. It's very fascinating to me. Jordan, let's wrap up some loose ends uh, before we go. First of all, we really appreciate all you guys uh, subscribing to The Athletic. Um, there's some recent deals on there right now, and if you want to subscribe directly, you can go to theathletic.com slash the teardown. And I tell you what, we, we want to give a special shout-out because our most recent episode of The Teardown uh, covering the New Hampshire race was our most listened-to episode ever. I don't know why that like beat out... Uh, you know, championship race or Daytona 500 or, uh, other episodes we've had this year, but, uh, actually all... want to hear you rant. You got to give the people <laughs> what they want. They want to hear you rant, Jeff. Come on. Give well, it they're going to be disappointed this week, aren't they? See? Um, but actually all 10, uh, uh, now of our 10 most listened to episodes have all come this year since February. Um, so we really just appreciate you guys listening. We don't know why you're listening to us, but, uh, we're certainly happy to have you <laughs> along and, uh, we, we appreciate you. And, um, we've, we've been trying to still work hard and, and get some stories up on the athletic, which of course is how we, um, primarily make our living in addition to the ads on this, uh, podcast. So, um, you know, you had a, a some interesting stories this week. I, I liked your, uh, you, you talked to the sunburn guy. Um, you <laughs> talked to people about what the future of, of qualifying is. You talked to people about, uh, the Nashville becoming sort of the, this new motorsports town. That was really interesting. Um, so we, and we have lots more to come this summer that we've, we've already been working on, um, and, and into the playoffs. To, so again, uh, go to the athletic.com slash the teardown and you can see the latest deal there. Um, anyway, I, I mentioned loose ends. Uh, let's talk about Ty Gibbs for a minute, man. Like, Oh my goodness. Like I, I just don't, I can't even, believe what we're seeing with this kid. Like it's, it's one thing. It's like, it's okay, crazy. like I, and I see a lot of people on Twitter saying, well, you're like anybody could win in that car. Let's see equipment. No. Look how good the 54 has done this year, which is okay. It's, it's a great car, but to be 
like basically the two best road courses, road course racers, um, in that race straight up head to head as 18 year old kid who only has like 10 races of, uh, experience, didn't even run trucks, you know, like I'm just so impressed with him. Like he has such poise. He doesn't, he's not pressured into making mistakes. Um, he's really aggressive and no apologies for that essentially, but, um, he just, he's talented, man. I agree with everything you said there. And that to me is the big thing is the poise and the maturity and he's unflappable. And I go back to Daytona road course this year and he had every opportunity on late restarts to kind of get over anxious and to make mistakes, but he was aggressive, but he wasn't like this young, crazy, you know, super aggressive kid, which we typically see. It was picking his spots to be aggressive and making, maintaining uh, poise and control. And I think your point about him at Watkins Glen, when you're able to beat A.J. Allmendinger and Austin Sindrick, who are two of the best road course racers in NASCAR across the board, and you're able to beat them straight up, that says something about you. This isn't a kid, by the way, that's got a road racing background. This is a kid who came up kind of on the, the tried and true short track model. And yeah, that 54 car is really good this year, but not everybody in that 54 car has done as well as he has this year. And the other guys who have done extremely well, one of them is a two-time cup champion, and another is Christopher Bell, who we all know how talented he is. And you look at his teammates. No offense to Brandon Jones or Harrison Burton. They haven't won this year. Ty Gibbs has. And so, yeah, we've seen a lot of drivers through the years getting good equipment, not know what to do with it. He is doing it, and he's not making mistakes. That is impressive. And Daniel Hemrick, too, another one of his teammates. Hemrick, I mean, Hemrick's on there, yeah. There's been a lot of guys in, in good equipment, uh, in, in Gibbs equipment, um, Riley Herbst. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just cause you're in good equipment and JGR stuff doesn't guarantee anything. Um, so I, I'm very impressed with Ty Gibbs. I'm extremely curious to see what the future is for him and you know, where he goes from here. Um, you know, not, not just next year, but like where his career goes. Like I, I can't really remember seeing someone, break into the scene and and win this much this early at this age uh so quickly um at least recently so um you know maybe you could throw some Joe byron Lugano. comes to mind a little bit what's that william byron comes to mind a little bit byron that, okay that first truck series year is like he came out of nowhere i mean we kind of knew about him a little bit but he came out of nowhere and just started winning and never stopped winning but yeah this is it's crazy and perception of him has changed. I, I'll be honest with you, coming into this year, I didn't really have an opinion of Ty Gibbs. I knew about him. I knew he'd done some ARCA stuff and he had some success there, but ARCA is ARCA, you know, and that, that is an equipment, right. that is a equipment series. And I was like, okay, well, we'll see. And what I saw at Daytona blew my mind. I wrote this on the athletic is like, this was a superstar in the making. And there's every, and there's every reason to think that his future is, is damn bright. And he's going to be, He's the next big thing. I don't know what else to say. So finally, Jordan, I want to talk about uh, Formula One. We were on break at the most uh, recent F1 race, and we almost talked about like we we should almost break vacation and do a, a podcast just about this because um, I can't believe what's what's been happening uh, in F1 recently. You know, we I think if I'm not mistaken, Mercedes is now leading the constructor standings and. <laughs> I was like, well, there's that's that's a lost cause. I mean, the only prayer they have is maybe the drivers' championship, but uh, things have really turned around. I I I really can't see like, I mean, Verstappen still has the speed, 
Red Bull still has the speed, so I don't think it's suddenly going to be like, you know, just because they've had two sort of fluky, weird yeah. races go wrong for them and get taken out and things like that. Like, that's not going to happen all the time, you know. But, I mean, just what a, what a crazy F1 season. Lewis Hamilton has come back. He's very much in the mix now. There's a long way to go, though. Uh, yeah. How do you see everything that's happened so far? I love it. It's great. I mean, we've had back-to-back races where Max Verstappen is on the opening lap been taken out and it's opened up the championship. And like you said, yeah, and I agree with you, is like, this is a long season. You're going to have these ebb and flows. The speed is still there. They just, they got to make it past lap one. And, and again, no fault of his own in either instance. It's just, it's racing. We'll see. And that, but this goes back to what we said though, like to beat Lewis Hamilton though, you've got to bring your A game every single week. And you, if you've got him down, you got to finish him off. And, and Mercedes and Hamilton, we're down and they, and Red Bull didn't finish him off. And it's, you're going to, you're going to have to figure out a way to beat him the rest of the year. That's not going to be easy. And it's, this has been a fantastic and wild and unpredictable season. And it's only going to get better as we get into the, uh, the fall. I mean, F1 just keeps on giving, man. Like, it's just it's unbelievable. Like it's like and the, the, the team principals are fighting and like exchanging barbs in the, in the press. And, I mean, you got it, it, you know, a race accident happens, and Red Bull's like, "Oh, Mercedes owes us money, and they're going to send off a power. We're going to send off a PowerPoint presentation to the FIA." It's like this is just absurd. It's so great. Oh, I, I know, it. dude. The drive to survive off this year is just going to be oh, like I, I might binge that entire thing when it comes yes. out. Like, if there's uh, anything out of this, if I am a racing series, if I'm NASCAR or IndyCar, I'm telling my team owners, start sniping at each other in the media. We want feuds. It's so great. Did you see that even J.J. Uh, Watt, uh, the NFL star, yes! tweeted that he's That's like great. super into it now and like he's yeah. dropping like uh, Christian Horner, Toto Wolf stuff oh, like so on his great. Twitter feed and stuff. It's just like, man, I mean, this is the kind of thing that draws people in. So. Yeah. We need Rick Hendrick and Joe Gibbs to start, you know, just, you know, snapping at each other. This is what NASCAR needs. Make NASCAR great again. We need owners feuding. There you go. I'd love it. Well, obviously F1's on a little bit of a break now, so we'll have to, we'll have to wait a few weeks before we can uh, dive back into that. But the anticipation will, will be building. Um, Jordan, any final thoughts about uh, Watkins Glen, Nashville, IndyCar, anything like that? It's good to have NASCAR back. Uh, I think it's going to be the next few weeks are going to be entertaining. Uh, Indy's going to be exciting. Daytona coming up in a few weeks. And the IndyCar Championship seems kind of wide open as well. So it's good to have racing back as the end of the home stretch. Yeah, I'm really excited for this upcoming stretch. Um, Maybe not Michigan. but uh, (laughs) (laughs) You notice I left Michigan out of that? I talked about Indy, I talked about Daytona, and I talked about the fall. I left Michigan out for a reason. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's fine. Michigan will still be fine. I mean, it's you know it's you better could, that's one race now. And and the fact is that'll be like the second to last race before the NASCAR playoffs. So yeah, you know there'll there'll still be stuff to talk about. But um, yeah, I mean uh, I think it's going to be a good upcoming stretch here. Um, I'm excited to get to Knoxville again. I hope you'll check out our coverage of that um, this week from Iowa. Check out Jordan's coverage from Indy, and then Jordan, I get to see you in. Uh, I guess three weeks can't wait Daytona for the regular season finale. We will be back together again um, where I will be bragging. I'm sure even more about how Kyle Larson has continued to win. uh, And Chase Elliott, unfortunately is not going to win double digit races just for you. I'm not, I'm not anti Chase Elliott. I just want to win my bet with Jordan. That's all. 
I don't know why you have to be such a hater. You can. It's okay just to be supportive every once in a while. <laughs> anyway, uh, we appreciate you supporting us. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time on The Teardown.